Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Nice and clean, execute our race for a thousand position. Got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and try to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Martin Truex Jr. off for final time. Checkered flag is out and he has just scored his 29th career win. Checkered flag, buddy. Hell yeah. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity X5, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we have cleared Martinsville Speedway and we get ready to stay in the Commonwealth of Virginia and head over to Richmond Raceway. We're going to look back on this past weekend's Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500 with the NASCAR Live backtracks. Also... We're going to have the Martinsville winner, Martin Truex Jr. He'll join the show coming off his second win of the 2021 season. We're also going to chat with Josh Berry, a first-time winner in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Matter of fact, that brings the tally to number three. Three first-time winners so far this year in the Xfinity Series. We're also going to look back at the string of short track races. The NASCAR Cup Series has been racing. Also... New father in Camping World Truck Series points leader John Hunter Nemechek will join the show as the trucks will get back in action this weekend at Richmond Raceway. We've got a lot more coming up for you as well, including a latest check of the headlines with our very own Kyle Rickey. Kyle? Mike, 38 teams are entered for this Sunday's running of the Toyota Owners 400 NASCAR Cup Series race at the Richmond Raceway in Virginia. Among them, current NASCAR Xfinity Series points leader Austin Sindrick. This will be Sindrick's third start of the season as he prepares to go full-time next year. He finished 15th in the season opening Daytona 500 and 22nd a few weeks later in Atlanta. Throwback weekend at the Darlington Raceway is just a few weeks away with NASCAR's Cup Series race there on Sunday, May 9th. Several teams have unveiled their throwback paint schemes in recent days, including Joey Logano, who will honor Mario Andretti and will race the same paint scheme that Andretti ran when he won his first Formula One race. 
1971 South African Grand Prix. And Josh Berry won last Sunday's rain delay NASCAR Xfinity Series race at the Martinsville Speedway. Berry, who is last year's NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series national champion and part-time driver for Junior Motorsports this year, was able to hold off teammate Noah Gregson at the finish. Team owner Dale Earnhardt Jr. said after the race that he couldn't watch the closing laps with his wife Amy while at home. With five to go, Amy was like, well, I'm going in there to watch it. And I said, I don't think I can. My heart was beating so fast. But finally, I think I peeked around the corner when he was getting the white and saw, you know, you don't ever want to see a yellow come out right before the the white flag and he got the white had a pretty decent lead so i finally got to where i could you know look at the tv screen <laughs> we'll hear from race winner josh berry later in the show mike thank you kyle coming up another edition of an nascar live backtracks and later a conversation with martin truex jr Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper to bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Whelan would like to congratulate Martin Truex Jr. and his number 19 Joe Gibbs Racing Pit Crew for the win at Martinsville Speedway. They are the Whelan Pit Crew of the Week. For Truex, a less-than-perfect race car couldn't thwart the team's never-give-up attitude. Interesting how it all played out there. You know, I thought uh, throughout the day we were, you know, third to fifth-place car in there, and then at one point we, you know, middle of the race, we got off a little bit and was probably sixth or seventh-place car, so it was kind of a weird day, but... You know, just proud of the guys for working hard on it. You know, we uh, they did a great job, and, uh, you know, that last pit stop, we were able to get us the lead and couldn't quite hold off the 11 on that restart. He was really fast firing off and, um, you know, just tried to stay with him and take care of my car. I knew there was enough laps left that, uh, you know, tire wear in the long run was going to come into play. And, you know, he started getting tight. My car was getting better and better, and, uh, you know, we were able to take advantage of it. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The 2021 NASCAR Cup Series returned to racing this past weekend at Martinsville, Virginia. It was a day late. Race was supposed to happen on Saturday. Rain forced the race to Sunday. And here's how it sounded when we took the green flag for the balance of the race with a NASCAR Live Backtracks. The wait is over. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500 going back underway. It will happen on lap number 46 under sunshine on a Sunday afternoon. Kurt Busch goes for a spin all by himself off turn number four. Caution flies for the second time today. Hang on to it here, man. Hang on to it. We're on the loose side, but it was coming to us. Car looks good. Check for him. Yeah, I felt like there was front of your rim down there. Yeah, there was. Just hit you just right to knock you sideways. Where in the world is Kevin Harvick? you got to go all the way back to 18. Big, big changes. I mean, it's just plowing tight. Plowing tight to the center. When I touch the throttle, I want to drive straight. 29 to go on the stage. And now here comes Blaney trying to rally back on the inside. Not enough. Hamlin doing it the hard way. He'll grab the top spot. Blaney back to second. Still the same problem. I'm just trying not to bump my shit up, trying to hold him off. 
He's doing a good job. Joey Logano busted for speeding on pit road. He drops to the tail end of the longest line, and he'll be ready to restart it back there. Uh, too fast exiting, section 12. Uh, I was going to 20 there. I didn't know I was racing anybody else. And then I saw him, I was trying to get him. Yeah, 10-4. We'll fight hard here. Well, there's trouble on the back straightaway. Matt Benedetto has cut down a right front tire. Hold your line, we are still green. Hold your line, we are still green. Hold your line, they're all coming. You are clear low. The yellow's out now for us to Probably going to be the right front. No, right front should be down. Just nice and easy, limping to us here. Pace car isn't even out yet, nice and easy. Denny Hamlin to the green and white checkered flag, side by side to end stage number two. And by a half a car, Ryan Blaney wins stage number two over Denny Hamlin, who finishes the stage second. Crowdman, he's going to get a left rear cut. Yeah, I'm not worried about his car. He crowds you, take care of it. Therefore, I got it. Austin Dillon has a big penalty. He's being held one lap on the pit lane. All right, we got to pay it this time after these, after you get around these cars. We pit it out of the box, so that'll take a long from us. You are kidding me. Yeah, sorry, man. We'll get back, man. We got a long way to go. 200, over 200. Back at Martinsville under the caution flag. One car around in turn number one, and it is Kyle Busch. Yellow, yellow. Leaders off four. Right here, get it turned around after this one. Go. It doesn't feel like a locker's broken or anything, does it? I don't know. It just goes down in the corner and it feels like the, the right rear is a pogo stick. Except it's pulled down four inches to the ground. I don't. I have no idea. Alex Bowman getting the bums rush. He is uh, hung out on the outside. I think Alex has got a problem. He is off the pace now. Okay, keep us posted. We have a left front pick cap that's falling off that may be causing your left front vibration. Stay locked in the dude. Get out of your head. We're all good. It's going to be annoying, but we can get over it here. Don't overdo it. Stay smooth and straight. We're like 9 out of 10 on the vibration scale, dude. I don't think that's it, man. It's shaking the whole car. Big crash on the back straightaway, and it's a log jam over there. Alex Bowman is involved. Clear. Clear. Yeah, check up, check up, check up, check up. Right front, right front. Out. Knock the radiator out of it. Whoever's behind me, thanks. Appreciate it. Really, really appreciate that one. It'd be the fireball ahead of you that got you there. Coming to you on pit road, guys. Kyle Busch and Chris Busher got together off turn two a second time. Both went spinning. But did he just f***ing shot back down across me and, like, spin me out? What the f***? He got free up top, but then he throttled back up, and I think it spit the back again. Doesn't that normally make your turn to the right? As Daniel Suarez bailed out of his burning Camping World car. He was uh, not happy at all, even though he got mixed up in that big crash. He wasn't happy with somebody that didn't have anything to do with that big crash on the back stretch, and that's William Byron. He got out of his car and just kind of slung his water bottle over towards William Byron's car. I don't know what his problem is. They're on old tires, man. What are you going to do? Martin Truex Jr. off four, final time. Checkered flag is out, and he has just scored his 29th career win. It happens here at Martinsville. Checkered flag, buddy. Hell yeah. Oh, right. oh, yeah. Awesome, man. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll hear from Martin Truex Jr. And later, Josh Berry will join us. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. 
At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Truex will go to the outside of Newman and bypass him. That's the last car he'll have to pass tonight. On his way to the checkers, the new king of Martinsville is Martin Truex Jr. How about the new Mr. Short Track? Martin Truex Jr. off for final time. Checkered flag is out, and he has just scored his 29th career win. It happens here at Martinsville. Three out of the last four races have gone to Martin Truex Jr., who has picked up the win in the maximum pain relief 500. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded Sunday evening on the Motor Racing Network as Martin Truex Jr. picked up his third Martinsville win in his last four Martinsville starts, including his second win of 2021. Our Kim Kuhn caught up with Martin prior to last weekend's race at Martinsville. So I think at the end of the year, you'll probably say Bristol was probably one of the top changes you enjoyed to the schedule because we've had, well, we've had a couple and then we've had some more to look forward to in terms of additions and kind of edits to the 2021 circuit. So which obviously Bristol, you ran well, but looking forward at some of the other things we get to experience this year that we haven't on the cup side, what, what's your next one that you're really excited about? Uh, I think, you know, just learning the new road courses um, that we haven't been to yet. Um, you know, CODA's, uh, we, we did the tire test out at CODA. And that was a, that was a, a you know, really unique, different track. Um, very different road course than anything we race on. I think it's like kind of like if you match together Watkins Glen and Sonoma, it's kind of what it is. It's It's got a little bit of everything. So that uh, I thought was fun. And, that, and I think it's going to be a good show. And I've uh, never been to Road America. You know, I, I – enjoy watching there on, you know, the, the races that they, that they have. And, uh, you know, just learning those new courses is fun. You know, road America is a uh, historic road course and it's going to be cool to go there. And, and then obviously uh, Indianapolis road course have no laps there either. So um, I think figuring those out are going to be fun. That's always a good challenge. So we saw you run the truck before Bristol, any chance you might hop in maybe in an Xfinity car to prep yourself uh, for road America or Coda when we do visit those circuits. I don't believe so. I don't think it's in the cards this year. So uh, I think I'm done with trucks and Xfinity for the season. I got my, I got my one in each and uh, I'm back to just focusing on the cup series. We've got to get through this season. uh, But the next year we obviously have the next gen car. How much have you thought or started to prepare for that? Or is it like we got to get through 2021 first? Uh, Yeah, I think, you know, for me and, and, um, you know, for our team, I think it's, you know, you got to get through this year first. I know in the background that JGR, they're working on the, the new car, uh, everybody at TRD and at Toyota, they're all working on, you know, planning and, and figuring out how all that stuff's going to look. And when you go inside the, inside the actual, you know, the 19 team, the 20, the 18, the 11, whatever, we're all focused on, you know, the job at, at hand, which is, you know, how do we go win this championship this year? So, uh, there's a little bit of everything going on, but we focus on, uh, you know, what's closest to us right now. So we talked about the parody and a lot of that parody has been a surprise. I mean, you had Michael McDowell win the 500, uh, Christopher Bell win the road course. Um, I would actually throw in your Phoenix win as, as a, kind of a surprise only because it was your first win at Phoenix. Um, before the season started, if someone had told you you were going to win in the first seven races, which track would you have guessed it would have been? Because I don't know that Phoenix would have been my guess for you. 
Yeah, that wouldn't have been my guess either. I would have, uh, I would have probably said Atlanta or somewhere like that. And that actually, Atlanta is probably the worst we've run all year. So, <laughs> to, to your point, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's still, I think it's still a big challenge with no practice, and you know, going through that. And there's so many assumptions. You know, we go from last year to this year, and um, little things change with the rules, and it makes big impact on you know your car and how you have to adapt the setup. And sometimes, you know. Um, every week and ask James, you know, how do you feel? He's like, well, you know, if, if all of our, you know, 800 assumptions are correct, we're going to be really good. And yeah, uh, there's, there's, you know, as much technology as there is in these race teams with simulation and all these different things, there's still a lot of human error that's involved. And there's a lot of things you have to say, you know, okay, I don't think this is actually going to work. You know, this doesn't, this, this says it's going to work, but I don't really feel it there's still a lot of, um, there's still a lot of that, that going on. And I think, you know, no practice kind of definitely mixes things up still. The human air kind of makes it fun though. It's like baseball in my opinion, the airs make it interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's part of racing, you know, you, you know, that's what you do. Like, um, you know, we went to Phoenix this year. We're like, okay, what we've been doing there is not working. We need to, we need to, you know, roll the dice, come up with a new setup, try some new things. Yeah. And, you know, look, if we'd went there last year and run third or fourth or fifth and only needed small tweaks, you know, we might have done that. But we were like, you know, we were not very good last time. So we kind of went all in and uh, and sometimes those things pay off. So, um, yeah, that was that was good that it happened. But uh, you just never know, really. It's not rare to see teammates get into it on track. You know, we've got Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano, it seems like every other week. Occasionally, uh, you and Danny spar. Uh, does it make you more frustrated when an on-track incident happens with a teammate versus a competitor from a completely different organization? Like, where does it stack up versus if you were to get into yeah. it with somebody from Hendrick or... Um, I think it just depends on your relationship and, and, you know, really, I think as a driver, all you ever expect is for the, you know, guys to race you the way you race them, you know? Um, and that's really what you expect out of it. And, and, you know, so it's really different. Uh, I think for every individual, it's different for every team, how they work together and things like that. Um, you know, it just depends on those relationships. All right. Well, we're almost a quarter way through the season. So I want to get your early predictions which four teams make it to the championship race? And we'll say you're one of them, Oh wow! You're not, but you're not allowed to pick any of your other teammates. So who are the other three guys you're going up for the hardware for when we get to Phoenix at the end of the year? Early predictions. Early predictions. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to pick Larson. I think, I think he's, you know, I think they're really strong. Um, Hendrick cars in general have been really strong and, and he's obviously, uh, you know, talented driver, good at all different racetracks. So I'm going to go with him. Um, I'm going to say it's a toss up. I'll probably go with the 22. Okay. And I think a surprise, I think the, the other one might be a little bit of a surprise. Okay. I'm going to go with the 24 Byron. All right. I like it. I think he's uh, he's really, I think their cars are really, really strong. And he's kind of turning it up a bit. We're going to have to follow up with you at the towards the end of the season as we're wrapping up, preparing for the championship to see yeah. uh, what I your have, correct percentage was. I know I know about as much as everybody else at this point. I know. It's Just, fun to guess, though. <laughs> Coming up, we've got the Cookout 250 winner, Josh Berry. And later, we'll find out. Who is the king of short track racing? 
This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. White flag in the air. A grandfather clock awaits. Josh Berry looking for career win number one. Just a car length back is Noah Gregson. Looking to take Dale Earnhardt Jr., Kelly Earnhardt Miller, and Junior Motorsports to victory lane for the first time in his career. Josh Berry on his way to victory lane at Martinsville. On a Sunday in Martinsville, Cinderella story out of nowhere. Here's Josh Berry, checkered flag in the air, and he wins the cookout 250 at Martinsville. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded Sunday afternoon on the Motor Racing Network. Josh Berry becoming a first-time winner in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And to talk more about his crowning achievement, Josh Berry had a chance to sit down with our Woody Kane. As a short track racer going to Martinsville, I, I definitely you know, felt more comfortable than, uh, than some of the other places, obviously, because I had at least been there. But experience series is tough and uh you know everyone that i'm racing they got a lot of experience there as well so um i definitely feel like it it gave me a little bit more of an opportunity a little level playing with field i guess in a way but it's just still unbelievable to to accomplish that i mean this uh this opportunity was so big for me and uh, such a big deal that i think um you know in our eyes if we would have got some top fives you know some good runs i think that would have been a success, but to win one of these races is just—it's just a home run, and I mean, we knocked it out of the park. Now, I know you're on a limited schedule this season, and the reason uh, has been reported as as funding. And Dale Jr. has said that himself. But now I see where Marcus Lamonis is saying, "Hey, Josh. Hey, Junior. What about me? I could be on the side of the car. Is that going to happen?" I don't. Know. It's it's, uh, it's definitely a possibility. Somewhere working working for um, you know, it's like. Uh, just amazing. You never know what opportunities can come about when you win a, win a race like that. Um, really for me, I'm just really thankful to be doing this. Thankful for the partners that we have and, and, uh, just want to figure out a way we can keep it going. I think that's what all of us want to do. It's just, uh, just figuring out a way to make it all make sense and, and keep us going. I think, you know, for this year, it's going to be hard, hard to fill it out. I mean, the, with Sam's schedule coming up and, you know, who you're, who you're sharing the car with. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't see anything changing there, but you know, um, you never know what could come after that. Well, let's talk a little bit further back because this was sort of a storybook road. The late model guy makes good and gets the big opportunity on the big stage and, and pays it off with a victory. But tell us about the journey from there to here because you probably have not even heard the overnight success phrase tossed around too much because it was a lot of overnights to get to this point, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been a part of the late model program here at, at JRM for 10 years now. Raced a lot, a lot raced a lot and won a lot of races and you know it's it's funny um you know when I first moved here I, I worked at I worked at JRM in the in the Xfinity shop and watched the cars and I I uh did pit practice I drove the pit practice car glued up all the lug nuts and stuff for pit practice so I've kind of seen it all come full circle so um just been an amazing story um you know we've I've been thankful enough the last few years to have a ton of success in the late model car and achieve a lot of things that we never thought were were possible for us and um 
you know, that led into this opportunity and man, it just, it just feels so amazing to win for all these, all these guys here, guys and girls at JRM. I mean, they, they all work so hard and to hang a banner, banner up in the shop and it's, it's, it's a pretty special deal. You mentioned uh, a moment ago about touching on your previous success at Martinsville. And folk, for folks who don't know, you dominated the annual late model race they had there back in 2019. I think you led wire to wire in that one, if I'm not mistaken. But I wanted to ask you about something else you just said, talking about the jobs you were doing at Junior Motorsports along the way. And now you tell me if this is true or not, because I heard somewhere that at one point you were a bank teller waiting to get uh, a ride. Is that true? Well, I, when I was in high school, I, I was a bank. I got a job through a business class that I had or whatever, and uh, and worked as a bank teller. And I actually really enjoyed it. But um, you know, that was about the same time that I got this opportunity with with JRM. So I I quit that and moved to North Carolina and began racing. So I've kind of done a number of things <laughs> in my life. Whatever it feels so long ago now, but uh, been thankful to uh, do a lot of things. Dale Jr. said it made him cry. Uh, Noah Gregson said you are a legend on the short tracks. The emotion of this thing from not just you, you said your family was there, at least some of them were there. I mean, just it had to be just waves coming over you, and I, I bet you haven't gotten over it yet, have you? No, definitely not. It's still it's still sinking in. Um, gosh, Martinsville is such a special place, and I uh, I know that you know in a lot of people's eyes they're gonna ex expect me to to run well at a place like that, but it, it was so special for me to like I said it was it's close enough to home that a lot of my friends and family were be were able to be there and it just really means a lot. Martinsville is a special place. I think all of us short trackers love going there and love racing there. And you know when I won the late model race there a couple of years ago, I think that that was a huge uh, weight off my shoulders accomplishing that because. In the late model stock world, that's that's the pinnacle. That's that's the race. That's the rate that you know everyone. Um, no matter how much set success you have in a late model stock, you're always judged off of have you won Martinsville. That's you know what about Martin? You know, so to win that, that was that was huge for me personally, just from the the work that we put in and to be able to accomplish that and go back in the Xfinity car and and win there again. I mean, it's just uh, truly unbelievable. Now, you are also the 2020 uh, Advanced Auto Parts National Champion in the late model stock cars, the weekly series that run all over the country. But look forward for us a little bit now. If nothing changes, what does the rest of your calendar and your schedule look like? What are some of the things, the highlights that you can tell us about going forward if everything stays the same? Yeah, so right now um, I've had six more Xfinity races, uh, the next one being Talladega. You know, once that opportunity is we're, we're done with that. You know, I might go back racing late models and just going to run, uh, you know, here or there, run some some of the ad advanced auto parts series races, you know, Hickory, wherever, and do some of the car store races and, and kind of set up again for uh, running Martinsville again in the fall on that. Like I said, so we'll, we'll, be, we'll be back there. That'll be, that's like I said, we always kind of position, position ourselves to go run there and, and do well. So, you know, like I said, if, if, if nothing changes, that's what I'll be doing. Now, the good thing about Talladega is that makes you dash for cash eligible. I think coming up uh, a little bit later, your teammate Noah Gregson won that one and had the big cardboard check. That would help the budget a little bit, wouldn't it? No, definitely. Um, you know, whenever I got this opportunity and kind of figured, figured things out, realized that, uh, you know, I was going to get the opportunity to be in this dash for cash race. That's a big deal. Um, it's a lot of money. Xfinity does a great job with, with their series and supporting, supporting it and um, it's just a great opportunity for us. You know, uh, Talladega is kind of, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a challenge. You know, I mean, it's kind of, we all know, we've all seen Talladega and how things can play out, but we stand as good a shot of anybody's winning it. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, Dave Moody joins us to talk about 
who's been the king of short track so far this season. And later, John Hunter Nemechek will stop by. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Cup Series has raced at a string of short tracks so far this year on Bristol's dirt surface, also this past weekend at Martinsville. Our Dave Moody joins us now to take a look back at the drivers who have found success during this stretch. For the last month, NASCAR's superstars have been hitting the pavement on short tracks, beginning with Phoenix, then to Atlanta, Bristol, and Martinsville. But the short track stretch ends at Richmond, leaving the question, who came out on top as the short track king? Here he comes up off of turn number four, checkered flag in the air, and Martin Trex Jr. wins the Instacart 500 at Phoenix Raceway. You know, for whatever reason for me, the short tracks never really panned out. And um, it, you know, even though we had a lot of great runs over the years, for instance, I think we led the most laps at Richmond like three or four races in a row before we finally won there. You know, it's sometimes you need things to go your way, but honestly, I think from a consistency standpoint of being consistent at these short tracks, it's just it comes down to people and equipment and, you know, that belief in each other. Let's start with Martin Truex Jr. He won at Phoenix and Martinsville, becoming the first repeat winner of the season. But at Atlanta and Bristol, he didn't even finish in the top five. Truex could trump everyone with a win at Richmond. He swept both races there in 2019, and he seems to have short track racing down pat. Hamlin will try to shut the door, can't do it. Truex to the inside of Denny Hamlin. Here comes Truex down low. Hamlin with a great run off the top of two. He'll put Truex back in the rearview mirror. It is getting good at Martinsville. And we just continue to run top three every single week and every stage, every finish. We're, we're right there. We just got to get a little bit better. We're just barely, you know, missing it. Um, overall, you know, a lot to learn. It's a surprise to everyone that Denny Hamlin hasn't been to victory lane yet. He's been the most consistent driver in NASCAR with third place finishes at Phoenix, Bristol, and Martinsville, and a fourth place showing at Atlanta. He hasn't wanted Richmond since the fall of 2016. But if we've learned anything in the last two seasons, it's to never count out Denny Hamlin. It's not going to be enough if Joey Logano wins. Yeah, to be, you know, the first team be able to win on dirt in the Cup Series, uh, you know, 50 years or so, uh, that's something that, that I'm, I'm very proud of, very proud of this team because this weekend, you know, coming into the week, you, you just don't know. Right? I said that's the phrase of the week. I don't know. Joey Logano winning the Bristol Dirt Race was certainly historic, but hasn't transferred. He finished second at Phoenix, 15th at Atlanta, won at Bristol, and finished sixth at Martinsville. Logano's always a safe bet to run up front, and Richmond is one of his stronger tracks. Those are the drivers who have shined, but what organization seems to have its short track program on point? Joe Gibbs Racing has finished in the top five at every short track and scored two wins with Truex. They've been dominating over the last 30 days. 
Penske also has shown strength at Phoenix, Atlanta, and Bristol. And let's not forget, Brad Keselowski took Team Penske to victory lane the last time we visited Richmond. Very similar, Richmond and Martinsville. It's not quite as cut and dry as Martinsville is, but yeah, it, it's a track that requires a super specific rhythm. Uh, I, I really enjoy Richmond a lot. Uh, it's, it's developed into one of the hardest tracks to drive. I'd put Darlington, Richmond, and kind of the same family, maybe Atlanta. Hendrick Motorsports popped up at Martinsville with three of their drivers finishing in the top ten. Who could not? Truex and Gibbs off their throne as short track kings at Richmond? We'll find out soon enough. Thank you, Dave. Coming up, we'll talk NASCAR Camping World Truck Series Racing with John Hunter Nemechek. And later, it's This Week in NASCAR History. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue along on this week's NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is about to get back on track this weekend at Richmond Raceway. MRN's Kyle Ricky had a chance to sit down with the series' current points leader, John Hunter Nemechek, to discuss the current season and a major life change for the Kyle Busch Motorsports driver. Before we talk about racing, I want to talk about what has happened in your life since March 31st. Uh, your world forever changed. The birth of your, your first child. How is your daughter doing? How's the family doing here these last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been nice to have a couple of weeks off with the NASCAR K-Royal Truck Series schedule. Uh, she uh, came into this world, like you said, on March 31st, and um, it, it's been fun ever since, I can tell you that. And there's been a couple sleepless nights, which definitely sucks, but in the end, it, it's all worth it, uh, being able to bring Aspen into the world with Taylor and kind of start our own family and being able to have have fun with her and uh, watch her grow by the day has been amazing. So Taylor's doing good, Aspen's doing good. So it, it's been a really neat experience. It's something that I don't know if I can truly explain. I feel like when people say that it's just something that you, you can't explain unless you experience it for yourself is very, very true. So um, I feel like she already has me wrapped around her finger uh, being a, a dad's little girl, uh, but overall a very fun and neat experience and life-changing forever. Let's talk about racing now. Um, obviously, it's been a big year for you, but I want to go back to when you came into the sport. Driving for your family team when you when you made your National Series debut, little sponsorship, not a whole lot of resources in your hands. How did that help you, do you think, uh, now looking back, driving for maybe one of the most prestigious teams in, in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series at Kyle Busch Motorsports? Yeah, you know, it, it taught me a lot. Um, as a kid growing up in the sport, I feel like you see some kids that work on their vehicles, some kids that don't work on their vehicles. And when you're working on your equipment every single week and doing it with limited resources and trying to excel um, by building parts and trying to outsmart or outthink different things that are going on, uh, but not necessarily having the financial resources behind you to spend the money that some of the other teams may have, um, it, it definitely teaches you a lot. It teaches you a lot about perspective, teaches you a lot of respect for what you have, uh, what, what you're capable of doing, what you're trying to do. And I really feel like it made me a better race car driver. 
Um, it made me a better person on and off the racetrack, uh, learning, being in the shop with all my guys. And um, now to this day, uh, kind of moving up through the ranks and going to the Cup Series. And I feel like my career has somewhat been a little bit of an underdog story for most of the teams I've driven for. So now to finally be with one of the top teams in the NASCAR King World Truck Series, Kyle Busch Motorsports, and having uh, Toyota behind us and TRD, I mean, it's a huge accomplishment for me to be able to drive for Kyle and uh, drive for Toyota and have the resources that we need and everything that we need to excel. I definitely think you've seen it so far this year. Uh, I feel like experience has definitely helped me and being able to kind of come up through the ranks the way that I did. You don't stop fighting. You don't stop pushing. Um, it, it, it taught me a lot about the, the setups, about how to drive the trucks, about what you look for um, coming from NIMCO and uh, even through the Xfinity Series and Cup Series. So being able to work with Eric Phillips this year over at KBM and all my guys and uh, being able to kind of learn and take some of the knowledge that I have from years past and the knowledge that they have and trying to combine it, um, it's pretty great to be able to be leading the points, have our first win out of the way. Um, thought we were going to have a couple more by now, but we have some races left, and uh, I feel like we're going to be the championship favorite come Phoenix. So hopefully we can go and get the championship, and that's what we're here to do. We're hashtag here for wins. You mentioned Kyle a couple of times. Kyle Bush, your team owner, obviously one of the most polarizing figures in the sport, has been for a long time. What was your relationship like with Kyle before you guys partnered up for, for this season? It, that, that is a good question. I feel like we've always been around each other, uh, from me growing up running super late models um, to the truck series, Xfinity series, Cup series. Um, and then he actually drove, uh, I don't know if it was his first ever Xfinity start for um, my dad at Nimco uh, back in the early 2000s. So um, it, it's kind of been cool to see it come full circle uh, in a sense. But um, overall, I, I feel like our relationship kind of grew closer last year or more of a friendship last year, um, myself being able to ask him questions. But I feel like Kyle has always been one that I've looked up to and someone that I could go to and ask questions about different things, whether it's late models or whatever it may be, and um, kind of being able to hang out with him some last year and being at the cup races and whatnot. I feel like our relationship grew closer and kind of turned more into a friendship so I feel like this year it, it's kind of gone even more that way and being able to talk to each other about truck racing late mile racing him dirt racing Brexton's racing I mean everything in general has definitely been a, a really neat deal and a really neat opportunity for me uh, to be able to pick his brain and know that he's going to give me a straight answer where he may not have in the past since I wasn't driving for him but um, overall, he's a great race car driver, and I feel like I still have a lot to learn, even though that he has said that I'm the experienced one at 23 years old in his organization. So uh, kind of crazy, but uh, still feel like I can soak up a lot of information from him and continue to make myself better. You mentioned that win a little bit ago, uh, early in the season at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. How much of a relief was it to get that win so early, and how special was it that you held off Kyle at the checkered flag to get that win? Yeah, it was special to hold off Kyle to go get that win. Um, it, it's neat to be able to beat the boss man in his own equipment and uh, to, to have a, a really strong truck that we had. We pretty much dominated all night. We led a ton of laps, ran up front all night. 
that's kind of been the story of our year, though. Um, we've led laps, I think, in every race except for Bristol Dirt. Um, we've we've won stages in every race except for Bristol Dirt. So um, I guess I got to get better on dirt. But I thought our win was actually going to come sooner. Uh, I thought we had a shot at Daytona Road Course and Daytona. And I feel like we have a really strong assembled team uh, that Kyle was kind of assembled with Eric and uh, all of our guys and Toyota kind of giving us everything that we need to try and succeed. And um, I feel like we we're one of the favorites every single week. We're, we're one of the ones that everyone looks to of who, who they have to beat every single week. And that definitely makes me smile. Um, it, it makes me want to continue to push for more. And uh, I definitely feel like there's a lot more coming here soon. Top seven finishes in the first four races of the year, including that win in Vegas. We won't talk about the fifth race on dirt at Bristol, but uh, let's look ahead. Uh, go Trucks are back in action this weekend. Richmond Raceway in Virginia, another short track event. You have experience there in Xfinity and Cup. You've led laps there, I believe, in the Xfinity Series. Uh, how do you think your KBM Toyota is going to stack up this weekend? Well, I hope that it drives really good. Uh, we, we start kind of deep in the field, I feel like, so um, we have to be able to kind of pick our way through there and get up front. Uh, I know Kyle is going to be tough to beat this weekend, but um, our Toyota Tundra should be fast. Um, it's been fast every week. Richmond is a place that I really like. Um, although I've never driven a, a vehicle that has downforce there, um, every package that I've driven there has always been low downforce. So that's going to be new for me uh, getting into the truck this weekend, but hopefully it, it kind of excels right into my wheelhouse and we can uh, play the strategy right, save tire when we need to, and be there at the end. Um, I feel like that's the biggest thing at Richmond. You have to be there at the end and you have to have some tire left to be able to have a shot to win it. So hopefully we can check off all the boxes and uh, be there when it counts. That's this coming weekend at the Richmond Raceway here on the Motor Racing Network. Final question for you, John Hunter. It's been a couple of years since you've run full-time in the truck series. Kind of rate the garage if you can. Has it changed much as far as the competition level from when you were running three or four years ago to to what you're seeing in in 2021? Yeah, it definitely has, I feel like. I feel when I ran there full-time my last year, it's still super competitive. Um, But I feel like you, you've seen kind of a changeover. Um, I mean, you had Christopher Bell, you had William Byron, you had all these great drivers that are now in the Cup Series and top-tier rides. And, um, now you have a lot of the younger guys that are, are starting to come up through and have a lot of talent. And, I mean, it's a battle every single week. Um, there, there's no guarantees for sure. Uh, I, I don't feel like the garage has changed much, but I definitely feel like the competition is at one of its all-time highs right now. So, um, I, I definitely wish that I knew the things that I knew now when I was coming up uh, quite a few years ago. Um, but overall, that, that's not reality. So um, just take the experience and run with it and make the most of the opportunity that's in front of us now. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, it's This Week in NASCAR History. It's the Wampley Fastlane Small Business Spotlight. Justin Marks is the owner of Trackhouse Racing in the NASCAR Cup Series. It all kind of started really when, it, this was something that I always wanted to do, but the barriers of entry in the sport were just so high that from a business standpoint, it just didn't make a lot of sense without, without you know, having to spend a ridiculous amount of personal capital just to give yourself a shot to compete. And 
So I kind of had it on the shelf for a couple of years, but honestly, when NASCAR started talking about this new car, that that's when the light bulb really went off in my head. And I thought that there was, you know, th this is sort of that inflection point in the sport that's going to start building a real business case to come in and, and get involved from an ownership standpoint, because, you know, it's going to create, I think, a bit of a more even playing field in the sport. So you're not sort of constantly... Um, being outspent, you know, I think that element will still be there, but I think I think money alone isn't going to sort of buy speed um, with this new car as much as it traditionally had. Self-employed? Get in the PPP fast lane with Wampley. Wampley has helped over 100,000 small businesses access their PPP loan. You may qualify for up to $50,000. Apply now at wampley.com slash NASCAR. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, MRN is joining hundreds of independent broadcasters in supporting the effort to help feed those in need due to the continuing pandemic. And we need your help in doing so. We need your help in donating to Feed America. They are the largest hunger relief organization in the United States. They've got food banks across the country feeding millions of families each year. And consider this. Before the coronavirus pandemic, one in seven children faced food insecurity. With business closures and employment due to the pandemic, now that number is estimated to be one in four. Even as little as $5 can help feed a family at night. We invite you to join us at radiocares.org. You can donate online or text the word radio to 662266 to have a donation link sent to your smartphone. Help these folks any way you possibly can. Now it's time for This Week in NASCAR History. Here's our Susie Armstrong. Thanks, Mike. 1988, Billy Ocean tore down the walls and hit double platinum as Get Out of My Dreams and Into My Car drove the R&B star to the top of the charts. Chevy Chase hosted the 60th Academy Awards, handing most of the hardware to the creators, cast, and crew of The Last Emperor, with the art house film nabbing nine Oscars, including Best Picture. And Bill Elliott was tops when it counted, parlaying fresh rubber to move on Jeff Bodine with three to go in the Valleydale Meets 500 at Bristol Motor Speedway. They said a Ford couldn't do it, but it's two Fords up at the front of the pack. Bill Elliott and Mark Martin showing the way. And Mark Martin can't make the charge. Bill Elliott, for the first time in his illustrious Winston Cup career, picks up a victory on a short track. He wins the Valleydale Meets 500 here in Bristol, Tennessee. 1994, Tracy Lawrence continued to ride atop the country charts as the Texans' second studio album, Alibis, maintained double platinum magic with the third single, If the Good Die Young. Billy Joel took a quick break from the face-to-face -to -face tour with Elton John to proclaim the end of a nine-year marriage to Christy Brinkley. And Dale Earnhardt put the field on notice in Thunder Valley, leading the final 193 laps of the Food City 500 at Bristol. Here comes Earnhardt slowly picking his way down the back straightaway. All the fans here waving their caps as Earnhardt's on his way to the checkered flag. Looking for his eighth career victory here at Bristol. The fans are standing and waving. Back-to-back -back wins for Dale Earnhardt. 2005 Army veteran and country star Craig Morgan enjoys a little bit of life as the hit That's What I Love About Sundays goes number one. Susan, Lynette, Bree, and Gabrielle ruled the ratings as America devoured their dubious deeds in the ABC comedy drama Desperate Housewives. 
And Jeff Gordon battled back, making up three circuits and taking the lead in the waning laps of the Advanced Auto Parts 500 at Martinsville Speedway. What I love about Sunday. Jeff Gordon with the lead in hand. Casey Kane doing all he can do to pick up the win at Martinsville. But it's all Jeff Gordon. He'll lead by three car lengths. The punk crew came from three laps down earlier this afternoon to the victory lane celebration at Martinsville Speedway. He wins the Advanced Auto Parts 500 71st career win for Jeff Gordon. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. I'd like to thank Martin Truex Jr. for stopping by. Also, Josh Berry and John Hunter Nemechek. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you for joining us as well, and we'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Julian Council, and Rich Colbra. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.